Legacy. How you doing? How's it going, man? It's going well. It's going well. I'm doing better than I deserve. I'll tell you that much. Are you? Are you? Yes. Yes, That's I awesome. am. So. Good stuff. Yeah, well, it's uh, cold outside. <laughs> so I looked at my watch this morning, yeah. and I thought it said 69 because my eyes are bad, and I should go to the optometrist. <laughs> and it turns out the high is going to be like 57. And so I am not looking forward to that. I am woefully underdressed. But go Astros tonight, game six of the World Series. It's a must-win situation. And uh, I think the boys are going to pull it out. I think they're going to push it to game seven. Uh, I don't know. You I don't care. I actually don't care. I'm a Mets <laughs> fan. <laughs> so it's kind of kind of somewhere between suck and horrible, although we did fairly okay you this year. You haven't played baseball in October for a long time. We haven't. I'm just saying. We're just kind of, we're, li- we're fair weather uh, baseball uh, players. That's all it is. We're a fair it's, weather it's, team. It's, it's a su- an activity to do during summertime in New York. It's That's all basically good. all it well, is. Well, it does get cold up in New York. In fact, I'm excited about the cold because it does want does make me want holidays and Christmas and stuff, And it, and but I still am not ready for Mariah Carey. <laughs> oh, so uh, big conversation in the old... Uh, Facebook page for the neighborhood I live in, mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. uh, conversation is, when can you turn on Christmas lights? And uh, oh, Man, that's rough. So my family and I decided to dive into this conversation, and we decided that um, 50 da- days out from Christmas, you can turn them on. So when is that? Do the math for me, because right now I'm it's like... It's like in three days. It's in three days? <laughs> yeah, it's like in five days or something like that. That's crazy. Yeah. By the way, I thought it was like eight, seven, yeah, Wow. So I was trying to do quick math. Yeah. Quick math don't work for me. <laughs> it's like I'm done. Seven times eight is 56. I was like, there's eight days in a week, according to the Beatles. Yeah. And so I think I was doing 64. But anyways, I was like, that's a lot more time. But no, I, I am ready for the holidays. I'm ready for And I don't know. There's this tension this year because I feel like we got robbed last year in our holidays. Okay. And so we're like, okay, I'm, I, I think it's okay. But I am still going to hold strong to candy corn sucks. And Dude, so I'm my wife literally disowned you as a family when you posted that about candy corn. And she's like, it's her favorite thing in the world. It's the one thing she looks forward to in the fall all the time is candy corns. And, and you have to raise her bar of expectation <laughs> and enjoyment. She is in a minority. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, man, we went through bags and bags and bags How? of candy corn. Can I corn. just add, let's stop. How can you like <laughs> candy corn? She loves it. It's like waxy hatred. It, well, okay, so she loves it. So we always have like little dishes, like old school grandma dishes floating around the house with this candy corn. Oh, my god! And, gosh. of course, because I lack complete self-discipline, every time I walk by it, guess what I do? Yeah, you have those. Like three pieces here, two I pieces just here. Can't do oh. it. There was one time there was like the ones that had like a little brown piece on them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The different color. It's yeah. a different flavor. Well, it's I a was, caramel flavor. I was thinking it was going to be chocolate. Oh no! And I was even more disappointed. Oh it's no! It's like those are like the oatmeal oh, cookie no. of corn of candy corn. <laughs> <laughs> like you know when you bite into an oatmeal cookie and you're expecting chocolate and you get a raisin. I'm like I didn't need fruit. Yeah. In my, it's like, that's like, ugh, it's just gross. Anyways, I'm glad that we're beyond that. We're into the holiday kind of thing now. But some people literally are like, boom, November 1st. And I do understand this year because of last year and all the chaos. But I'm ready for some cold weather. So anyways, uh, if you haven't yet, like us on uh, Facebook and uh, subscribe. uh, YouTube, if you're watching there, make sure you subscribe. Give us a rating if you want, uh, wherever you listen to this on podcast. Uh, Bill's good to have you here. Kyle, say hi. How you doing? Hi everyone, how's it going? I, you uh, you are covered by the logo, and you look fantastic. That's because I am one heck of a producer. <laughs> you are a fantastic <laughs> producer. He's a smart man. He's like I am. It's like what is it? Like the guy on on uh, uh, Home Improvement with like hi Tim, oh, yeah. and he's like covered up just <laughs> of his yeah. face, but he always had yeah. wisdom. So, so there you go. That's true. it. 
So lo- full of wisdom. So question for today to get us all going in the Christmas mood. What is your go-to Christmas album Ooh. or go-to Christmas song that you just love? I'll say this. Vince Guaraldi Trio, oh. the Charlie Brown Christmas. All in. And I could listen to that starting today for the rest of uh, yeah. my life. Dun, 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 dun. It's dun, so good. Dun, it's dun, so good. Dun, dun, dun. And my kids are like, take it. Shut it off. Shut it off, Dad. Okay. My, I, I totally agree with you on that. Uh, my second one is uh, a guy named uh, George Winston, and he does um, uh, piano. Okay. okay. And he has this winter album, and it literally feels like when he's playing the piano, it feels like it should be snowing outside. And oh, it just dude, transports awesome. you to the north. And, and yeah, it, the whole album. So I have those two in a playlist, and I yeah. play them pretty much from now until this time next year. It's always in the rotation. Yeah. Kyle, what about you? What about you, Kyle? Well, <laughs> I like the, uh, <laughs> the Run DMC from uh, Die Hard. Yeah, that's... That's pretty much my. That is the best. <laughs> that's awesome. That makes me happy. And that is why Kyle is on our team. <laughs> oh, right that's there. awesome. I love it. I love He's it. He's a 50-year-old man that loves Run DMC. <laughs> it's all right, man. That was that's a great when he puts in the tape and yeah. he's like, yes. oh, listen to this," and you're like, "It's gonna be a good day right here." And, and that's a conversation for another uh, show. Is that a, is that a Christmas movie? It is a that could it be is. like that yes. is a debate that we can. But yes, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, we watch it. In the holidays, usually it's the one I start with. Really? Yeah, because it's like kind of because I mean everything else like Christmas Vacation, all those. We so on the on the twenty fifth or like on on the, on Black Friday, we would we always like put up the tree and we watch a yeah. couple movies. Yeah. And some of you know there's like I think we do like that you know Christmas Vacation and a couple others, but any time between now and Christmas, I can watch Die Hard. Yeah. One and two. Because they're both Christmas movies, See, let's be honest. When I was growing up, it was Die Hard, and then it was Christmas Vacation. But now as a family, the only show that we will watch multiple, 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 multiple times is Elf. Elf, yes. Yes. It is That Elf. one is great. Oh. Man, when we first so. bought that movie, um, we literally watched it all the way up to July. We were going, <laughs> ho- we were going home. We were, we, were, we were living in Midland. We were flying to New York, and it was July, and we both – and that was when you had, like, your own little personal CD play, you know, right. DVD player. Me and my wife would watch it on the plane. We're like, it's July, and we're like, eh, I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's so, so good. So so here's a little story about that. I watched the the movies that made us. Yeah. Have you seen that, that one? Oh, yes. With yes. Elf? Yes. 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 Where yes. they almost couldn't release it because everything was identical to the – to the cartoon that it, right. that it was uh, done after the the, the claymation was yeah the claymation yeah, yeah yeah it's pretty pretty awesome um, which ironically now to throw that in there the Rudolph Red Nose Reindeer for those who are new listeners I'm actually related to Burl Ives who played the snowman get out and it was funny because when I was a kid I guess I would tell people that I'm related to the snowman and they're like <laughs> <laughs> okay lunatic. Like, and I promise. And in New York, they thought it was a drug dealer. But anyways. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. I'm related to the snowman. Don't mess with Bill. He's in the mafia. His dad's a so snowman. <laughs> well, you know, but I love it because cause this year, it does feel more back to normal. It feels like we're back in. And even, you know, schools are back in. And this year, we heard a couple of crazy things. You shared something this last week about some schools that, like, Blew me away. There yeah. were two different two different times. What what was the first one you shared? Well, you talked about that one in Kentucky. Well, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I'm somewhat of a, a news junkie, um, and uh, this story popped up, and it was a school in Kentucky. And what happened is they do a pep rally, and it's like a yearly type thing, right? Yeah. And it's like a lot of these things that starts off really innocent, and then someone pushes the envelope, and everyone loves it, and then the next year they push a little bit more, and then they love it. And well, this this was kind of like um, the frog in the the pot, and 
it's boiling, but no one at the school realized how far they'd kind of lost it, right? Yeah. And so the pictures that come out are, um, of first off, high school girls. I guess it was like um, the, the theme was Hooters or something like that, all right? Yeah. And so the, 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 the images of these high school girls walking out, uh, there it is on, on the screen, um, and it's them in Hooters outfits, right? And fake beer yeah. at a high school. Yeah, right. It, yeah, and there's no administrators that are like doing anything to stop this. This is like accepted that kids are all cheering, like yeah. yeah. Well, then you fast forward, and the boys come out, and they're all cross dressing, right? And not just cross dress, like lingerie cross dressing. Yeah, it's ugh. and they start dancing, and they dance like like lap dance. The the coaches and the principal, and they grind, and, and, and there's like spankings and stuff yeah. like that. And I was like, and, and you're watching this, I'm like going. Why are none of the dads that are teachers or coaches like, like how numb are they to this reality that there's no red flags going up? Like maybe this is over the line. Well, yeah, yeah. Even well, even the midst of or it. or even if they felt that that they did nothing. What, where, what, what state was this in? Kentucky. Kentucky. Okay. Middle so, of the country. There's your answer. Kentucky. <laughs> but but you know, and then someone came on. Yes, it was someone their came son on. Cousin. <laughs> Someone came on. We're going to forego that comment. But someone came on and they were like, they didn't get the whole picture. They were, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, the fact that someone sat down in a meeting and said, hey, I got a great idea for a fundraiser this year. Right. We're going to dress the boys in lingerie and we're going to attempt them to get spanked and do lamp, you know, yeah. lap dances. And you're like, where where have we come to in our society that that's like, all right, sold. Let's do it. Oh, you know what we'll do? We'll get the girls in, you know, dressed up in craziness and you're like wait a minute hang on a second so anyways i, I just i y- your your heart breaks for this but then on the other side you sent me another another video or another picture that that shared a whole different story right so it was it was the juxtaposition between dads being comfortably numb in the whole situation and and just you know kind of resolving themselves it is what it is right yeah 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 and then you have the school in uh, louisiana and uh i think the the uh, they were besieged by fights you know yeah young, it seemed like that young men just fighting and i guess at one point within a week there were 20 plus men or boys from this high school that were arrested because of violence and because of fighting yeah 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 they've got it right here in the cbs news article which uh, i'm not a Never mind, I'll just stop. But, but with the high school's permission, it says the group of dads showed up after 23 students were arrested in a rash of fights. The students said there hasn't been another incident since. It says we stopped fighting and people started going to class. One student said, I love this one. He goes, have you ever heard of a look? Another added describing the firm stares of the men. It was the dad's looks and the dad's jokes that helped turn things around. Nothing is more important than being a father. Is what was said by Lafitte, and I guess it was the, the one one of the administration. So just to be here makes a difference. Another dad, Tracy Harris, added, and I'm like, you've got these two. Now I'm not trying to rip apart the Kentucky school. It was just, you know, it, it's never just a major turn. Uh, you know, it's never like it's like a 180, and all of a sudden they, you find yourself in a situation. It's like everybody we talk to, and we've done. You know, I know, I know that you you've had guys across from you that are like, I cannot believe that I'm here, that this happened, whether it's an, an affair or they, they made a poor choice or they're whatever, that they found themselves in a situation. It's always one step. And somewhere along the lines, I love that these guys said, these dads said, the step we can make is we're just going to show up. Right. It wasn't, and, and it was like, it had to come from one guy who said, who made a phone call to another guy yep. who made a phone call. 
but it was one step. And I think that's the that's the element today is, is in the midst of talking about, man, we're in a society, like you said, that has become comfortably numb. I mean, I feel like, man, Pink Floyd knew what he was talking about. You know, you know, they knew what they were talking I about. Have become comfortably numb and it's just this hello, thing hello hello okay that's a whole sorry, I'll yeah, stop it. I'll stop that was right really there. good though good job good job <laughs> thank you but, very but much. i thank think you. that there's thank something you. in that that as as we're as these dads are kind of looking from the, uh, the you know the outside going all right i'll let it go because no one else is saying anything right i don't want so don't busy want, right well, and we have a culture that unfortunately has neutered men because um, the things that we would normally fight for, you know, you have language like toxic masculinity. And, and don't get me wrong. There is some of that in our culture, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the, but, but no longer. And it's the story that came out last week where um, a woman was being sexually assaulted on the subway and no one did anything, you know. And then I saw one what? today where a woman got punched in the face in the subway and a man was sitting right next to her. And did nothing. Shameful. And I'm like, where, where, where's the heart of men that we are able to, A, see evil, and then we have been called to stand in the gap between evil and good, evil and innocence, evil and yeah. those who can't defend themselves. And instead, we just are, we've, we're numb. I don't want to make a, I don't, I don't want to make a ruffle. I don't, don't want to be the one in trouble. Somebody. I don't want to offend someone. So I'm just going to sit back and, you know, who knows the story behind it. Dude, a, a guy just punched a woman in the face. Now, for the Do guys, something for the guys listening right now. I would say anybody listening right now. There's got to be something that boils in your blood. I know it boils in my blood. I know it's in ours. Ago, uh, I would, why wouldn't we? And so I think the 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 encouragement is that we would stand in the gap. What is it? What is that that phrase that said that? Um, you know, uh, it, all it takes is for is for good men not to stand up yes. for evil to exist, and for us to stand in the gap. And honestly, if we're the only one, you know, uh, years ago I'd see everybody. Posting online about that one picture of, uh, and it's everyone's raising their hand to Hitler, and there's one mm. guy with his arms crossed, and mm-hmm. they said, "Be this guy," and I'm like, "We need those men to step up right in now. our culture today." And, and when I mean that, guys, it may not be some overvaliant thing, but it is a time for us that it that it can start in our homes. Yes, it starts there because you know, just like we said, culture eats mission for breakfast. Right, and so guys, it's our job to change the culture. Right. It's our guy. It's our job to stand in the gap. It took one person to say, "Hey, we're going to go this direction." For these dads to go, yeah. "All right, let's go in there," and it changed the entire culture. And and there is still time. God's mercies are new every morning. There is still time for us to change the culture, but it takes the guys that that are around this table as well as the guys who are listening are right. the brothers out there in the battle to go no i'm going to stand in the gap so it's looking at, at our culture and going, how do we make those changes well and and so when i was getting my youth minister degree back in the 90s there was a study that was published and it was it was fascinating because um w- you know the the um oh how do you what what girls dress or wear in school right yeah. you would assume that would default to moms moms determine that and moms can yeah, make that yeah, yeah. and study after study would come out and say no it's actually the dads the dads that determine it because the dads are the ones that are able to speak into it and say no that's inappropriate you need to put something else on right yeah yeah um that's too revealing it, when you move out you can dress however you want but in my house this is how it is and it goes back to that article it's the look the dad look that carries so much weight because i think there's something yeah. in, i mean how many people do we know in our culture that have dad issues right oh yeah there's so many guys and girls that have dad issues and it's manifesting itself in these weird ways why because i believe god wrote into our hearts that kind of 
desire to please the father. Yeah, it's you there. It's and unfortunately, there. some fathers have misused that. But more tragically, a lot of fathers have become numb to it. And they feel like they don't have any influence. They don't have any. And this big issue is it's too big. The culture is too big. How can I make a difference? And you're like, dude, you can. You can make a difference with your family, with your kids, with your wife. You can make a difference with the team that you're helping coach. And you can make a difference at your school. Like, just show up and have the looks and be the goofy dad joke dad that brings life to the people, even though they roll their eyes. I know my kids roll their eyes at me more now than ever before. But if I ever stop making those dad jokes that they know are coming, they would think something's wrong. Something's wrong. And something yeah. would change in the culture of that family and it would become over serious and there was no longer brevity and there's no longer life and there's no longer what dads bring to those situations. Yeah. And so what we're saying is, hey guys, it's time for us to stand in the gap and not just be passively watching these things happen, but God has put on our hearts to be passionate about something and start with your family, start with your kids. Yeah. You know, making building the bridge. It, it's all about bridge building at this point. You know, I'm, I'm, it makes me go to James chapter three and I love it. It's because it talks about the value of the tongue. And in James chapter three, verse three, it, in the very beginning, it talks about two small things, two small elements. It says we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us. Now, these are like thousand or fifteen hundred pound animals. And you're like, these things are huge, but this little this little bit that they put in there makes them turn any way that they need to, just like a ship's rudder, which is a small piece. And, and if, you, if you just, this little thing cuts through the water to move an entire ship. And it talks, you know, that li- the likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. You know, that whole thing about sticks and stones may break my bones, but words, words will never hurt me. It's like, that's a bold-faced lie. That is why we are in the situation we're in, because words hurt people. Right. And so, in the, but I love this. In verse 9, it says, with the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can neither a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. This starts with our words. Right. Dads, it's not as difficult as we've made it to stop and go, I can choose to speak life. We've talked ah, about this before. So true. But. Imagine those 23 kids in that, in that school in Louisiana, what their lives were. I'm not ripping apart their families. I'm not. But there's something about the power of the tongue from a dad that can make or break a person's life. This does not devalue women. In fact, this lifts them up because when a father says, your mother is the greatest woman you're ever going to meet. And your example of, of, of finding another wife is as good as your you know as good, as good as the one that I found done right. and better. You're raising the standard. Your tongue is lifting up your spouse. Your spouse, her words have power. Our words have power. So there's something about the dad being involved right. that changes it all. So dads, listening, stop devaluing the voice that you have in this world. Well, and I would say this too. I I I um we know that we communicate not just verbally. Mm-hmm. We communicate non-verbally. Right. Yeah. And in fact, uh, studies again will show that we communicate more non-verbally. Yeah. And so that's why the power of the dad being present yes. is so important because you just communicate something non-verbally when you're in that situation. And again, I know it's hard. I know work is hard. I know that the pressures of this world are hard and they weigh heavy on the shoulders of a dad who's trying to not just provide, but to protect yeah. and everything else. And sometimes we can carry that home with us. And sometimes we can be in a house and be sour or very just 
have this negative yes. and and I think you know disciplining yourself in such a way that when you're driving from wherever whatever's happening at work to home or turning off the computer shutting down the phone and realizing I am not accessible to my job for the next t- eight hours yes and investing in the family those disciplines are so important and it is a discipline because technology was supposed to help us and all it did is it created an anchor a tether to our business that can get in communication with us 24 7 yeah and we've got to be disciplined enough to say no only one man is called to be husband to my wife and that's me yeah only one person is called to be dad to my kids and that's me there's a thousand people that can do my job yeah. For right or for wrong. And there's a thousand people. And let's be honest, if you were to lose your job today, they'd replace you tomorrow. Yep. And then within a week, everyone would love the new guy. Yeah. And you'd be forgotten. You will but be But we overinvest in that. Yeah. And we underinvest in the one place that God has said, no, 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 no. I've called you to be the father of your kids. And this is the lie the enemy says. This is the lie. You need to perform and outperform and please. But then you exhaust yourself. I remember there was this. A, a, a guy I know, he's a, he's a speaker, and he, he said him and his wife went through a nasty divorce because one of the phrases she said was, you give everyone else the best of you, and oh. we get the rest of you. And so there's something God. about you come home worn out. And so, so our tongue and our energy that we can bring to our house, no one else can bring. No one else can bring that kind of power and hope in our world, in our society, you know, in, in our homes, which therefore reflects into the society. Again, culture eats mission for breakfast. Right. And so if our culture inside our home is I'm going to be, I'm going to honor my spouse. I'm going to speak life to my kids. I'm going I'm to change their future because they're going to have the ability to change those around them. Right. It is a proven fact that this changes the world. Absolutely. And so those dads, we need dads to step up. We need dads to realize their value and impact inside the world. So it, it reminds me of a story when I was, uh, it was year two of our marriage and I was no kids. I was working at a church as a youth minister. And if you've ever worked in a church, for some reason we're addicted to and we love evening meetings. I get it, right? Uh, it's a gift. But it was one of those weeks that was followed by another week that was followed by another week where literally I was spending five or six nights a week at the church. Wow. And we were just, I mean, two years into this marriage, we're still trying to figure out how to be a married couple. And I would, uh, and I was notorious to under promise, oh no, over promise and under deliver. So I knew a meeting would end at nine and I would say, Hey, it ends at nine. I'll be home by nine 30. But inside I knew the conversations after the meeting are more important than the actual meeting. And so I'm not actually going to leave till 10, but I didn't want to have that conversation. So I would over promise. Yeah. I'll be home by nine 30 and under deliver and roll in at 10 30. Yeah. And you do that enough, your wife picks up. And so finally one day I came home and she didn't, talk to me she wouldn't look at me every nonverbal communication was like i'm done with you my husband yeah, yeah, yeah. and so finally i had the guts and i said so what's wrong and she had the same conversation that you just talked about she goes um you know i i just miss you and I, was, and, and I said well i just want to be a great dce or youth minister i just want to be a great youth pastor yeah and she goes what about being a great husband what about being a great yeah. dad yeah and then she went to bed, and I stayed up for another two or three hours just sitting there going, holy smokes, I have been flipped upside down with my priorities, and I've become comfortably numb with my family and forgot yeah. that that's the greatest investment I have. Yeah, you know, it, it, we've said it before, and we'll be a broken record, but spend the greatest amount of time with those who are going to cry the most at your funeral. Oof. For those who, who you Oof. know who are going to be there at the end you know there's something and when you say about greatest I, I don't want to when you say greatest it's not a, a a quantity it's a quality thing yeah it's not a quantity thing and sometimes i think like initially i heard that i was like i gotta spend more time with my family no 
it's the time that you have with your family. Make it quality, because then you're going to want to do. You're going to want to spend more anyways. Right. It's like it's like that hit. You know, even even in the car, there's a tendency of you know I was dropping off my daughter even this morning, and uh, and we we got there about ten minutes early, and and so we're both sitting there, and all of a sudden the phones just come out, and yes. we're like, yes. and all of a sudden we're like, we both kind of looked at each other, and I was like. I put that down. <laughs> and so it was just, I was like, hey, let's talk for a couple minutes. And at first it's weird, but it's then you're so like, awkward because even like, how's your day? Good. I just woke up, dad. Like, uh, what else can I think about? Yeah. Day, weather, uh, tonight, tonight, what are you doing tonight? You know, yeah. like it's like going through the list of all the things. And mm-hmm. so, but then one time I had somebody challenged me and I got to do this with them with my kids as we were all, the, my daughter was in the car, my son was in the car and they were literally next to me yeah, right. and, uh, and we were, we were parked, we we're all sitting there and I literally just sent them a text each. I was like, I love you so much. Da, da, da. And they were like, bing, sent me one right back. <laughs> and I was like, okay, even if the, and all of a sudden it popped up on whatever they were, whatever, on the on the tick Twitter or whatever it's called <laughs> on uh, on the Face Talk and all that kind of stuff. Such an old man. I know. <laughs> on the Such Twitter machine. Man. And so so but it was like it was so cool because it was those moments that that we let escape and just someone said, "You have this moment right now. How are you speaking life? Don't worry about the rest. Right. Just what are you doing right now?" The, the scripture says, again, your words a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. It takes one step for us to trust God. He, we, we don't have the whole plan. It's the same thing with our family. One step, this moment right now. So, Bill, let me ask you this one final question. And, Kyle, you please feel free to chime in on this, too. Sure. Um, one of the disciplines that we've really worked hard on as a family, and we succeed most of the times, but not all the time, is no phones when we're eating a meal together, mm. right? And then we'll go out to eat. And eventually, I mean, almost every single time, you'll see a family where everyone is there. Mom and dad might be talking to each other, but the kids are dialed in on their phones yes. or their iPads. Yes, yes, yes. And then you see the one family where the the you know the three-year-old is hunkered down in the booth and he's got the iPad two inches from his face, yeah. right? And mom and dad aren't even talking to each other, but they're the... What do you, how do you speak into the heart of a family or dad at that point saying like, like, you know, this, this is a line, you got to establish this line. And like, what would you tell a dad that finds himself? It's like, oh my gosh, that's what our family's become. I, w- I would say engage in the moment of where they are. Like in the three-year-old, I'd say start the conversation with what are you watching? How are you watching it? What's your favorite thing about mm. that? Like engage them where they are and then pull them out of it to just pull it away. It's like, it's like you're pulling punishment. out. Yeah. You're like pulling out the, out like the drug IV. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's the word IV. There it is. <laughs> you're pulling out the IV of like that. They've been constantly dealing with You're like, let me get in there first and show them something better. And then slowly start to say, let's have our conversation. And then you can pull it away and have that conversation with them. Like, why do you like it? What's your thing? Well, that, right. what, favorite, whatever, favorite, whatever. And I think that's the thing. It's getting into there first, not just going, stop this. Because then that becomes the wet paint sign. Don't, don't touch the wet paint. You're like, I'm going to put this over here. You're going to talk to me now. It's like, that, that kind of works. Right. But not when you've had months or years of, I can just have this. Right. Like you're literally taking away their, their like it's idolatry and taking away this thing. And you're like, let's get back in there and show them what's more valuable than that. Kyle, what about you? Yeah. So, um, I sort of went through this. Um, but what I would say is preempt it. Like, uh, you're on the way to the restaurant Yeah. to say, you know what, we're, we're going to leave our, our devices in the car and at dinner we're going to have a conversation and I want you guys to think about your answers or come up with a subject, involve them at that point Yeah. and say, hey, we're going to talk about our days or, but I want to hear your best thing or worst thing, whatever it is. Right. Yeah. And then in the car, they may have a little bit, oh, I can't believe I'm not bringing in my iPad. Right. But but you say, I want your answer when we get in there, we're going to have a talk 
And so you get them engaged, and then yeah. when they, you go in, then then that, that starts the conversation. Right, and it doesn't have to be like high, you know, high level of conversation. It could be simple things, right? Yeah, right. You know, yeah. And it, it reminds me for the little kids. Um, I remember uh, we were at Pluckers. Love Pluckers. Good Best place. wings ever. Yeah. Best wing. Although you had a family discount. We <laughs> we did. <laughs> Anyways, um, and uh, the boys were unruly, and so I taught them how to fold uh, the paper into a football. Like that little triangle, you remember yeah. that? Best like, game ever. Yeah, but do you see kids or anyone doing that in the? No. no, no, and that's the kind of stuff that we we as dads can bring to the table, and they feel like they're breaking the rules because they're playing a game at a dinner table, and what you're actually doing is setting them up to engage with each other rather than engaging with a device. Yeah, and and so being creative with some of those things that we played when we were kids at the, you know, when we'd go to the steak and shake or whatever, and we got the paper, um, you know, placemats or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to to be able to bring some of that, and you know, obviously have the conversation with your wife so that she understands what you're doing and why you're trying to do what you do is always a good idea, right, Bill? Uh, yeah, it's like a it's like a four out of ten right. quality. <laughs> no. But I think again to wrap up the conversation. Men, um, I know our culture is screaming at us to be comfortably numb, to stay on the sidelines, to not get involved. And what we see from God in Scripture is like, no, I've called you, I've gifted you, I've I've saved you for this moment, for such a time as this, for us to get involved and get off the sidelines and just be present with our kids, be there and and invest the greatest amount that we can with them, so that they can be culture changers wherever God takes them. Yeah. So I love this again. Nothing is more important than being a father. How can I do that? I can speak life. I can choose to yes. speak life in this moment, and I can choose to be intentional quality time with what I have. And from there, it will grow. That's how God works. It will grow. So it's up to us to stand in the gap and go, I'm going to make this change. Not, and, I, and again, this doesn't devalue our wives, but it's not our wives that need to do this. Guys, it's us that we need to step up and go, this is my role as the leader of this family to step in, regardless of what culture is telling me to. Heaven forbid if someone, if you see someone getting punched in the face on the subway, you better step in. But I mean, I'm saying this is way before that. It's us to go. We have the opportunity right now to speak life because nothing is more important than being a father as quoted in a, in a secular news article. Right. So this isn't even just a spiritual thing. This is truth that supersedes all of this stuff that God has put us in place as fathers to lead our families and this is how we begin to lead them. Love it. Hey, thank you guys for checking us out. Like I said, um, follow us, like us, uh, give us a five-star rating if you want. If not, that's cool. If you have any questions or comments, info at knownlegacy.org is always a great place to get all of us. Yes, yes, yes. Big thank you to Kyle for getting us all set up and rolling today. Well done with the graphics. Thank you, thank you. Thanks a lot, Kyle. And uh, Bill, thank you for doing what you do. Thanks a lot, guys. Hey, we believe in you. Uh, Connect with us, info at knownlegacy.org. We'd love to hear from you, you guys. Oh, hey, uh, ahead, we have two really big uh, interviews coming up. So we're excited about that. So next week, we're going to record two, release one next week, and then release one the following week, getting ready for Thanksgiving. And uh, you're not going to want to miss next Thursday. So be on the lookout for it here on the page. No. God bless. Have a great day.